Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be talking about EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And because there's so much to talk about, we're actually going to break this into several different parts. We'll be talking about it a lot throughout our podcast, really because it's changed our lives. It's changed our lives personally. It's changed our practice and how we treat clients. It's changed just our friends and our family and the people around us as we've used this treatment on them. And so it really has been a life changer for us. And so we're going to share a lot about it. And I think the best way to really share about it is through stories. So we're going to talk about the basics of what EMDR is. We're going to share most of it through stories and testimonials and things that we've experienced personally. Today will be mostly about the experiences that we've experienced as a family. Absolutely. EMDR has just been an invaluable skill that we have learned. And when we started off the last podcast, we were talking about a story about how our son had gotten attacked by hornets and then had kind of developed a little bit of an aversion to hornets and bees, and now he was uncomfortable with it. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about the resolution to that. And so I remember one day we were just kind of walking out in our backyard, and there's just bees humming around, and I could just see he was nervous. He didn't really want to be out there. Instead of just kind of pressing through and telling him, you know, don't worry about the bees, because I knew telling him don't worry about the bees wasn't going to solve any of his problems. He still had this mechanism in his brain that was triggering him off to be uncomfortable about it. It wasn't just that he was choosing to be uncomfortable. He couldn't choose not to be uncomfortable because of that incident when he got attacked by a bunch of hornets. So I brought him inside to get him prepared to process through some of his memories and work through EMDR to help heal kind of some of the trauma that he went through with that hornet attack. And so we sat down, we started kind of processing through. At the beginning of the processing, he was very nervous. He was very uncomfortable. He was thinking and talking a lot about the negative incident, talking a lot about his fears about it. And then shortly after that, not too long in, when, when you do EMDR with kids, it really seems to be a short process most of the time. Adults can take a little bit longer, but we were sitting there, we were working on it for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. We were talking about bees. I think I even brought up a video and showed him a video of bees, asked him, how are you feeling? Said, I'm feeling fine. And then I think it was the next day or two days later, we were walking outside again in our backyard and the bees were humming on the bushes nearby. And he's kind of just walking a little bit up in front of me. And then he just all of a sudden kind of jumps and gently kicks the tree and says, hi, bees. And then he kind of just keeps walking on. And so from that point forward, he really hasn't had any level of fear or discomfort with the bees. You can even see that difference where it's like he's even willing to do something that's maybe even a little bit risky where he kind of just kind of jumped and sidekicked the tree a little bit. He's being playful with the bees as opposed to like fearful and worried and scared of the bees. And so it was this dramatic shift that happened from just a little bit ago where he was very uncomfortable. He was nervous. He didn't want to play outside in the backyard because bees were there to where he's even willing to kind of tempt the bees a little bit by kind of kicking the tree a little bit. That's just a quick little example of how dramatic the shift can be when you go through an EMDR experience. I wasn't home when Tim did this EMDR on Caleb, but he sent me a text about it. And then later on, he was telling me about it. And I could totally picture Caleb doing that because that's how he was before he started being afraid of bees and hornets. 
I just think that it was so cool to be able to see the drastic change in him. Let's talk a little bit about EMDR and just the basics of it. So EMDR is an eight-phase treatment, and typically most of the time will be spent in the middle where it's the reprocessing, the desensitization phase. But just so you know what they are, the first phase is history and treatment planning, and this is where we really get a full view of who you are. And we don't want to just jump right in. We want to make sure that we know your history and we develop a treatment plan with kind of attention to those traumatic events to be able to reprocess them. Uh, But we also assess your internal and external resources. And I think I always tell my patients that we want to have a good history so that we can figure out and try to assess what's the best place to start to get you the best result. And then the second phase is preparation. And this is just where we explain what EMDR therapy is and the whole process. Just kind of set your expectations, get you a little familiar with it. We address any concerns you have, any questions. and We set up your coping skills to make sure that you have the coping skills because there will be a lot of emotional disturbance that rise as we're talking about trauma. Phase three is the assessment phase, and this is where we set up the target memory that we're going to work on. We identify the feelings, the images, the beliefs you have about it, the sensations you have on your body, what you're experiencing. We rate a couple of different things. And we just set up that target memory so you can go into the next phase, which is desensitization. In phase four, this is where the desensitization begins. Now, desensitization is taking a memory that has emotional charge to it and then processing through it so that that emotional charge decreases. The way I like to explain it is when you're in the assessment phase, your brain is setting up an equation that it's got to go about solving. And then when you're in the desensitization phase, That's where your brain is actually now solving that equation. And then at the end, when it comes to the conclusion, that's when you have this resolution feeling from the emotions. But how you go about getting that desensitization part is basically you're going to let your brain or let your mind take you on a journey. You're not trying to guide or direct the process in any way. When we set up that equation in the assessment phase, now just in desensitization, you're letting your brain kind of just walk you through this process until it's resolved. And there's a couple factors that will help us figure out when it's resolved. But basically, I want to explain a little bit more about what's happening in this desensitization phase, because it's a little bit unusual. And so when you're going through this desensitization phase, you're just basically letting your brain meander around wherever it takes you. But simultaneously, while that's happening, your therapist is going to either be having you move your eyes left and right, following their fingers, or they might have a set of headphones on you and a set of hand buzzers that you're holding on to, and then they'll buzz and beep back and forth left and right, or they may have you tap on your own knees or something along those lines. And this is where EMDR kind of sounds like a funny or weird process. But when you're going through this, basically what's happening is you're allowing your brain to recognize that you are here and present in this moment. Because a lot of times when you're thinking about past traumatic experiences or unpleasant events that you've gone through, your brain will basically start reliving that experience. And when it starts reliving that experience, you can kind of get lost in it. And so when you're doing the eye movements or you're holding on to buzzers or listening to the beeps or you're tapping on yourself, basically what that's doing for you is it's what's called in psychology a grounding process. And what a grounding process is basically letting you know, like it's almost like if you put both your feet on the ground, I am here, I am in this place. I'm not back in the past in that past experience that I went through. 
And so it allows kind of both parts of your brain. I talked about this in the last podcast, both your prefrontal cortex, your logical processing centers, and your amygdala, your emotional processing centers. It allows them to start interacting and talking back and forth in a way they don't normally do. Because when you're nice and calm, your prefrontal cortex is running the show and your amygdala is basically shut off. But when you get upset and agitated, your prefrontal cortex basically shuts down and your amygdala starts running the show. And so when you're going through this EMDR process, basically the problem is centered in your amygdala, that emotional processing center, but the solution for it is in your prefrontal cortex. But these two parts of the brain don't normally communicate back and forth very well. And so when you're going through this EMDR process, when you are asked all these questions that are gearing up and basically firing off your amygdala, getting that emotional processing center running, if we don't add in the extra part with the eye movements or the headphones or the hand buzzers or the tapping, basically what happens is you just get lost in your amygdala. And then that grounding exercise of adding in those extra stimuli help your prefrontal cortex stay in the game a little bit. And basically what happens is you start off mostly operating from your amygdala. And then as you continue to process through these different memories, these different experiences, eventually it starts off like 95% your amygdala is running the show and maybe 5% your prefrontal cortex. And then later it will be 20% your prefrontal cortex and 80% your amygdala. And then eventually there'll be this switch that kind of happens where all of a sudden now your prefrontal cortex is now starting to run the majority of the show and your amygdala is starting to be on the back burner. And it's very interesting to watch this happen when you're doing EMDR. It's almost like a switch flips in people's brain where they keep giving you this negative thought, this negative memory, this unpleasant feeling. And then all of a sudden there's this switch, this flip that happens where now all of a sudden they are talking about positive things and they're thinking about the experience in a different way. But unfortunately, and I always tell this to my patients, there's no way to get to that positive flip without first going through and experiencing and processing all of the negative emotions that are attached to that. This is the part that people can get very uncomfortable with because when you go into EMDR, I've even had patients tell me, and Ruth, I'm sure this is the same thing for you, that they started feeling good after our last session, but then coming up closer to the day they have to come see me again, their anxiety starts to rise. It's basically their brain saying, uh-oh. We're going to be working on this again. Let's get ready. Yeah, for sure. I've seen a lot of clients who have told me, I can't sleep the night before I see you, or I've had such a great week, except for the last couple of days, knowing that I'm going to come in here and see you. And it's a really tough thing because we're going to help you out, or your EMDR therapist is going to help you out. But going into therapy is not always just about feeling good in the moment. It's about getting in and fixing the root cause of some of your traumas and discomfort. And then once those things are fixed, then you generally have this just more positive attitude, things are less triggering, you're able to deal with and cope with a lot more. But again, the unfortunate part is there is this phase or this time where it can be unpleasant and difficult to work through it. Yeah, so this is where most of the time is spent, where you're really reprocessing through that memory, you're desensitizing the experience that you've had with this disturbing event. So in the assessment phase, like I said, we will rate a couple of things, and that's one of the things we rate is how disturbing does this event feel to you in that moment when you think of whatever the negative belief is that goes with it. And this is where we really desensitize it and get it to a lower level. And so when you think of a target memory, what we're doing is, yes, we're talking about that memory, but really what we're trying to hit is the belief behind that memory. So for example, in this situation of the bees with my son, the target memory was the bees and the swarm of bees that was chasing him and that experience he had. But the belief behind it was probably, I'm in danger. 
And this is where, when we set up that memory, and we had you rate different things, we had you identify the negative belief, which was that I'm in danger, and now we're doing the opposite. We're strengthening a positive belief that you want to associate with that memory. So instead of I'm in danger, typically it's the opposite, like I am safe, or it could be it's over, I'm safe now. And in this phase of installation, it's where we strengthen that positive belief until it feels completely true to them. And this is the most gratifying part from a therapist's point of view, because all this work, kind of some of the torment and torture you may be going through in the EMDR process when you are desensitizing, the installation phase is where we really get to see these positive changes start to happen, where your brain just starts working in this different way. Basically, we've gone in and we've kind of reprogrammed how your brain is associating with these negative beliefs and then transferring it over to these positive beliefs. And so something that can draw out a very negative thought or feeling, now all of a sudden it doesn't have that power anymore. And then these positive feelings, they start having this power. So it's not just a logical shift. It's also an emotional shift from the negative to the positive. You don't, it's not that I just don't feel negative anymore. It's now in place of the negative, I feel positive. Phase number six is the body scan. So in this phase, we ask you to think about that target memory that we've processed and the positive belief, and you scan your body from head to toe just to see if there's any lingering disturbance that you still are experiencing. And we'll kind of process through that until we get to a place where you no longer feel it on the body. Phase seven is closure, and this is where whether or not we have completed the reprocessing for this memory we need to close it out for that session, that therapy session, and bring you to a state of calm. Because we don't want to bring all this stuff up and then send you back into the world where you are experiencing all the trauma again. We want to bring you to that state of calm and relaxation and make sure that you are able to manage and handle going forward. So how do we know that this target memory has been processed completely? It's when you feel neutral about that memory. where You can think about the memory and you don't feel any disturbance about it. And the positive belief feels completely true. And then the last part is where your body feels completely clear of the disturbance. So this is actually my favorite part because this is where clients can really see a difference. Where they started off as a high disturbance, this traumatic event. They thought when we started this, there's no way this is going to be completely gone. I'm always going to feel some way about this and feel disturbed about this at some level. And then to be able to get to this point where they not only feel nothing about it, but have a positive belief associated with it and took the good from it that they needed and got rid of the bad. That is such an exciting thing to see for my clients. Oh, I totally agree. I see my clients all the time and they're processing. They're like, this is never going to not feel bad. And some of the most horrific things that people have gone through, it's understandable where you think that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. I'm never going to forget this feeling. I'm never going to not feel bad when I think or when I talk about it or when someone says something about it. But then it's always so interesting. That always seems to come up shortly before they're just about done processing through the negative. And then I always like to look back with them and say, just 20 minutes ago, you said there's no way you were going to feel better about it. And now here we are just a short 20 minutes later, and this thing does not bother you anymore. And phase eight is the final phase. This is reevaluation. This is where you just kind of talk about recently processed memories to ensure that the distress is still low and that the positive cognitions are still strong. We talk about future targets, maybe different directions we're going to go, different things that have come up in the processing that maybe are its own target. 
This is really a reevaluation of your goals, the targets you've already talked about, and where you want to go from here. So that's the basic eight phases of EMDR. And remember that when we talk about trauma, it's not necessarily the textbook definition of trauma, but it really is any disturbing event that you've experienced that you can feel on your body or when you think of it and you bring it up, you feel a disturbance. And so that's what EMDR will focus on and help with. Thank you for joining us for this episode about EMDR, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.